Do you find yourself running out of time to accomplish your work? Are you spending time doing things that you're not that good at? There are effective ways to outsource these tasks so you can focus on your business. This is the Virtual Success Show. We bring the inside scoop on outsourcing success for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Malouf and Barbara Turley. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Virtual Success Show, where I'm finally rejoined again. I've managed to coax my co-host, Matt Malouf, back to join me on this show. I'm your co-host, Barbara Turley. Matt, thanks for coming back and joining us on the show again. No worries. And yeah, I'm so sorry I haven't been. I've been so proud of all the episodes you've been doing and I uh, wish I'd been on there. It's just been one of those crazy times at the moment. Absolutely. I know we've, we're, you know, as we're recording this today, we're sort of right in the middle of this coronavirus situation that's going on. But it's a, a very interesting time for the show, Matt. And, you know, the concept of remote working and virtual teams. And we've actually seen a massive uplift in people interested in actually the podcast. And the stuff we've been talking about for the last three years on this podcast has all of a sudden become even more important than ever before. So, what I wanted to talk to, to, I'm getting Matt back on the show specifically to talk today about cash flow. It's not really a virtual team kind of topic, but it's important in the environment that we're in right now. And Matt, you've been out talking a lot about cash burn, cash flow forecasting, managing your cash and being lean in this environment, but not so lean that you can't come out strong. So I want to dig into this topic with you. First of all, let's start with talking about um, cash flow analysis and forecasting and watching your cash. Can you start at the beginning and talk to us about what do, what do we actually do to do that? Because lots of us don't even know how to do that. Let me start with, I think the importance around cash flow is that it's more than just looking at your bank account. And I was, I, I did a presentation this morning. I think one of the biggest mistakes so many small to medium business owners make is their key report that they rely on in their business is an ATM receipt um, to tell them what's, what's going on in their business. And the reality is that cash in your business is like oxygen to a human, where you can only last a very short period of time without oxygen. And in a business, you can only last a very short period of time without cash. And so... In normal practices, in normal, and I use inverted commas, in normal times, we should be managing our cash flow. What does that mean? That means we, we should be predicting based on our leads and conversion cash coming in. Um, and we need to factor in things like uh, if our business invoices, what's our average uh, collection period, um, and and. and being very conservative on our predictions on cash in. And then the second part of that is then looking and having a deep understanding of cash leaving our business. And that's going to be in the form of our fixed expenses. So things like your rent, uh, if you've got salaried employees, uh, if you've got uh, loan repayments that you may make, uh, if you've got... Um, um, other kinds of subscription services or contractors that you pay regularly, they're fixed expenses. They're, they're expenses that you're going to incur irrespective of whether you make a sale or not. And then you've got to factor in your variable 
expenses uh, into this cash burn rate. And then the third thing, and this is where so many business owners, they get it wrong and they forget. It's the non PL cash um, transactions that occur. So things like taxes that you have to pay. Um, it might be um, inventory. Often, you know, inventory is not impacting your profit and loss statement. It's impacting your balance sheet. And so that's cash that's coming out of your business, cash that you need to spend in order. If you don't have any stock, you can't sell any goods. But it's often not calculated. And this is where we need to get really clear and understand that a cash flow statement is very different to a profit and loss budget. Are businesses even doing a cash flow statement? I know I'm not. Are we doing cash flow statements? Do you find clients are really doing this stuff? They're not, but that's why they're wondering why they don't have cash in their account. It's why they're sitting there looking at their P&Ls going, I've got a profitable business, but I've got no cash. And that's, the, that's often the gap, is they don't understand the impact of these non-P&L items that are impacting their cash. Yeah, I, I, I think this is a major problem. And I think at the moment when people are feeling in a crisis situation like what, what we're in right now, which is impacting business a lot, and there's handouts coming from governments and there's banks like deferring loans and stuff like that, it's actually very difficult to get the headspace right to sit down and, 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 and figure this out. So what, what, how are you helping clients with this? And how can, we, how can we do this better for anyone listening? So the first thing we're getting everyone to do, first, first of all, you've got to have clean data. And what I mean by that is that your accounts need to be up to date. They need to be reconciled. You can't understand where things are at if you've got messy data or out of date data. The second thing is then going line by line through the last three months at a minimum of what cash has gone out of your business and asking yourself, is this still necessary for us to operate and move forward? And I guess it's a bit like, you've got to cut the fat out of your business, but what you don't want to do, you don't want to deplete muscle or bone. You just want to cut the fat out because the muscle and bone is essential for you to be able to not only survive through this, but then thrive on the other side of it. So. You know, things like um, a lot of the things that we're seeing, are, um, they're, they're nice to have. So it may have been um, you know, items that you had in your office um, kitchen. It may have been subscriptions that you may have only used part of the time, but not all the time. I had some clients that had, they had a ClickFunnels account, a Leadpages account. They had um, this, they, they had four things that could do the same thing. And so it was a case of actually going through line by line over the last three months and looking at all of that. The third thing then is understanding what is required for you to continue to operate your business and move forward. And so what happens is people just slash and burn and they cut and they cut and they cut and they cut and they cut. And then all of a sudden, they're the person doing everything and they're like wondering why they're not moving forward with any speed or not able to generate any any revenue and cash coming in. Yeah, we saw with our clients just at the virtual hub exactly this was happening. 
initially people were like, oh, slash the VAs, slash the team, slash everything. And then they came back a couple of weeks later going, oh, we, we need to cancel the cancel. Because they realized that actually if they, yes, they were trying to cut costs, but then they were sitting up till two o'clock in the morning doing landing pages or doing stuff or do answering, you know, customer support tickets or whatever it was that they were cutting. And then they've no time, energy, they might have a bit of money left, but they've no time, energy or anything left to actually drive the business forward and, and get out of this crisis. So we, we did see that happen and people kind of panicked and canceled a service and then, try, and then came back looking to uncancel it. And one client actually came back and grew, which was quite interesting. Yeah, and we were the same with coaching. The first thing uh, people's reaction was to cut business coaching. But once they settled down, their response was, hey, we need you more than ever. And, and I think that's an important point that I want everyone to hear. It's, are you reacting or are you responding? And reacting is very emotional. It's very short-term thinking. Um, it's not even often even tactical. It's just it's just gut feel and no, not a lot of thought that's gone into it. Whereas responding is strategic. And you need to be being strategic through this time. Otherwise, you won't have a business off the other side. And that's not being dramatic. I just, that's my true, truly my belief right now. Oh, I firmly believe this. And I, I, you know, it, was, it reminds me of a video I did actually for our clients. Back in the middle of the crisis, we were, were sort of being put, you know, we, we have office-based VAs. I was telling you about this, Matt, where everyone's in an office and we had clients sort of saying, I want my VA to work from home. I don't see why my VA can't work from home. And I had to sort of push back and say to clients, and actually they understood once I explained it. I said, you know, we've got 125 staff in an office and it's important to stay grounded in these times and to actually, as you say, respond rather than react because a reaction by me would have been, yeah, yeah, let's do this. And then we cause a domino effect through the office of people who weren't allowed to go home versus people who were. And instead, what I did was I really pushed back. I tried to gain some you know, composure and some time to really think this through, examine the data, and then make a decision about our stages of response. And we were responding for all 125 people and not just one. So it's that yeah, reacting versus responding can actually be applied in loads of different areas, not just your decisions around the, around the cash of the business. But in order to come out strong, you're right, we need to stay grounded as leaders during this time and respond as opposed to react. So I love that comment that you made. I think coming back to cash burn rate then too, Barbara, just to add to what I was saying before, is you need to go a little bit granular on this. And what I mean by granular is like normally we would be looking at probably weekly or monthly style cash flows um, for businesses. And the tool that we built for our clients, which is available for free also, we'll give everyone a link later on. Um, we, we actually built a daily cash flow. And for me, I remember when I read the e-myth the first time and in every other time I've read it, you can't manage what you don't measure. And because everything was crashing so fast, business was drying up so quickly for so many companies, we knew we had to look at this daily, not weekly. A week, I don't know about you, but most of the people we were working with, a day felt like a week's worth of work at the beginning of this. And it was like things were, and things were changing so fast. I worked with some gyms and I remember on the, it was a Friday, uh, I met with them. We put the new plan in place based on the restrictions that have been in place. 
Uh, and then Sunday night, the Prime Minister of Australia comes out and says, midday tomorrow, uh, you're going to be closed. And so we had to move quickly. But also, too, in order to move, in order to respond, we needed to know the impact our decisions were going to have. And so why we went daily was because it, in this way, we could actually understand what was happening in this time of crisis real quick. And it wasn't about getting paralysis by analysis. It was about having information on hand quickly. And the metaphor I use for this, it's like, it's almost like we had to go from the dashboard that maybe a commercial airliner would have used to a dashboard that a fighter jet would use. And we had to upgrade it. And a fighter jet, because it's a precision, high-performance machine, it has a lot more dials and feedback mechanisms happening in order to perform at that level versus a commercial airliner, which is still a, a high-performance machine, but not to the same level as a fighter jet. And so the more granular we went with people, the more certainty they had in their decisions because they had the data to support what was going on. And we knew that, okay, should we pay this supplier today or next week? And then we'd look at how much cash came in yesterday. And then we looked at what our projection was. And then we go, look, what we're going to do, we're going to go back to them and we're going to say, we're going to pay them 50% today. We're going to pay them 50% next Monday. And what we found by managing it that way, we were on the front foot, we were in control. Uh, and all of these businesses are now in a position of strength where they've now been able to protect what they had and pivot with confidence versus putting their hands in the air and hoping. I love that. And what I was thinking as you were talking is that the businesses that are just facing this head on and doing this work, because a lot of people are going to run a mile from this because it's, you know, it's, it's like the numbers. Nobody likes to do it. It's like making processes. It's excruciating for some people. But it, the work that you do on this pays dividends forever. Because I was thinking, you know, I, I think the businesses that are going to do this work with you and, and, and all this cash flow analysis and the stuff you're talking about, are not only going to come out stronger out of this when, the, when I keep talking about when the gun goes off, because it's like a race, right? When the gun goes off, that's when the tide will go out. And those who have prepared during this boot camp time will be the ones that will, will kind of come out strong out of this. But they'll go on strong forever because you'll have learned this skill during this time. And it's a skill that you'll continue on in business. And it'll actually make a lot stronger a business thereafter. As the saying goes, never waste a good crisis. So this work... Doing this work now, I think, is going to be pivotal for those businesses and for all businesses. 100%. And, you know, it's interesting about um, you're saying when the gun goes off. Yeah, everything is disguised at the moment. And this is what everyone needs to understand because, you know, um, economies are being propped up by government stimulus. We're in a shutdown circumstance. Governments are giving handouts. I know here in Australia, you know, you're getting, whether it's the JobKeeper payments, you're getting cash flow boost, you're getting a whole heap of incentives and payments, you're getting rent reductions, you're able to put home loans on, and other loans on hold. So you've, you're given this false sense of, of uh, security. But the reality is once that all goes away, and this is what we're doing, we're, we're, the cash flow forecasting we're doing with our clients, while, while we're looking at the next 90 days, we're projecting out for them for the next 12 months. And we go, okay, what happens when the, the JobKeeper stimulus finishes? What does your, what does your cash flow and, and your profitability look like then? What happens if your landlord 
reneges on what they're saying and he gives you half the period of time for rent relief? Uh, what if the banks come or turn around and change what's happening? And we run all these different scenarios and we can do it quite quickly once you've got everything set up. And I think that's the key. The pain in anything is in the setup. It's like um, one of the episodes we've done, Barbara, where we talk about um, um, slowing down to speed up. You know, it's often in setting up your systems and processes, we know it takes longer initially. And that's why that mindset says, oh, that can wait till later or it's quicker for me to do it myself. Right now, you don't have the luxury of waiting to do this, but the, the business owners that set this up understand that now they can operate and make decisions with a higher degree of certainty. It's not guaranteed that that's going to be the outcome, but at least they could, they've got a visual and they can see what's happening versus um, having everything in their head and hoping. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, you were saying there about the, at the moment we're in this kind of, it's almost like a little golden period in the middle of the crisis where, as you say, governments are handing out, there's money floating around, loans are on hold, and it can lull people into a false sense of, you know, things are actually okay, I feel good, except all that's going to stop. And like, unless you're using, I actually heard somebody talk about this on a podcast recently, they were comparing like, they were saying, are you in summer camp or are you in boot camp right now? Because anyone who's sort of in summer camp thinking, you know, things are okay, I'm at home, money's coming in, and you're just in this false sense of security, you're, not, you're going to be the one to not come out strong at the end of this. The guys that are in boot camp going, I need to, you know, I'm working myself, not that you want to work to the bone, but you've got to work really hard during this period of deferral and discount so that when that tap turns off, your taps are on and you're actually able to come out and, and stand on your own two feet as a business again. I think that's the important point. Some people are just, yeah, like government handouts can make you feel safe. But if you're not tackling this now, you won't be able to tackle it when, when it turns off. That's the issue because the race will have started and everything will speed up again. So Matt, you've got a great tool. Uh, you mentioned it in the middle of the show. I think it's an amazing tool. It's free. Tell us about it, 90daycashflow.com. Yeah, so when this, when this hit, I sort of tried to think real quick, what could we put together that could help people? So we built this um, interact, like it's a, it's a dynamic kind of uh, Excel sheet where if you input your expenses, um, so you, you basically just need your P&L and you put your expenses in and then you put the date of when things are gonna be paid in, your, in the month, the, which day of the month, one to 31, and then you put the frequency that things are gonna be paid. It will then go through and, um, and build a cash flow forecast for you, both weekly uh, and daily. And then what it will also do is uh, you can put in your revenue predictions. And again, it will feed that through the spreadsheet. And it's designed so that you can do it and keep it rolling on a week on week basis. So we've had a lot of clients use this and um, it takes a little bit to get set up, but once it's set up, it gives you clarity and it enables you to quickly see what's going on um, and particularly around your cash. Um, and then the only thing you really need to update on a daily basis once you've, um, once you've done the setup piece is what your cash balance uh, at the end of each day is so that it can recalibrate based on um, you know, what's happened. So you're making all these predictions. Each day you then go in, you put in your, your new cash balance, 
and the, the spreadsheet will then update accordingly to see where you're at. What it gives you clarity on is the, the, how much, how, the length of time you're gonna stay in positive cash flow. And you can, you can run some scenarios on this. Like you can, if I get zero income, and one of the companies that we did this with, we went, if we get zero income for the next 90 days, and these are the expenses that come out, where do we land? And you can run different scenarios on that. What I'm, I'm going to put it into marketing speak. In my, in, I've looked at this and, and, and from listening to you talk, it, it, for me, it takes a huge amount of the pain away from getting started with this if you know if you're listening to this and thinking i haven't done any of this because it can be very overwhelming it's a bit like when you're starting processes and systems and this little tool map takes a huge amount of the pain away gives people a roadmap to get started in an actual picture and i just want to tie this back in i mean this podcast is all about virtual success which can can take many forms but usually we're talking about virtual teams and but in the environment we're in right now everyone like business has become a virtual experience now because everyone's working at home and I think I just want to finish on the fact that you know pe people don't need um, you know the, the whole concept of a CFO or a, a virtual input to your business that is like say a CFO Matt I know you're doing a lot of work in this area right now um, supporting businesses as a kind of a member of their team but you don't need to be an employee a full-time person on the team in order to help in this area, you, you know, can we talk maybe a little bit about that just to finish about the fact that you don't need somebody 40 hours a week in this CFO role, but you can have a virtual input to this. Absolutely. I think that, um, look, m most companies, you know, re realistically, until you get into to probably, you know, 10 to $15 million of turnover, you don't really need uh, a full-time internal accountant. However, on the road to that, you do need someone that has the financial acumen to be able to give you the, the foresight. And what a CFO does, a CFO looks forward versus an accountant looks through your rear view mirror. So you still need your accountant for your compliance uh, and, and, and your tax planning and your structures, but a CFO is gonna help you look forward, be strategic, uh, scenario plan with you, stress test your ideas from a financial perspective. Because at the end of the day, I mean, you know, if we're really going to look at this business, the, the game of business is all about making some money, right? I don't know anyone that's in business that doesn't want to make any money. And so if you don't do your numbers, how can you win the game? And so it's critical that you understand the financial impact that your ideas and your plans uh, have so that you can not only survive but thrive and, and go beyond this. So CFO really does help you uh, with all of that. And I think the other thing too is, I know one of the things that's our point of difference in our service is we monitor at our end everything on a daily basis. So you've got another set of eyes. So we're just we're looking at your, your dashboards and your, and your numbers provided everything's set up correctly. And so, we set up triggers and alerts so that we can advise you, hey, did you know this happened? You need to look at it. And here are the decisions you need to consider. You need to either do this or you need to do that. And we look at it purely from a financial perspective. So I think... Um, do, do you think a lot of people are thinking that their accountant was doing that or, or are sort of thinking, well, I have an account, I've got a great accountant. 
talk to me a little bit. I, I just want to dig in here because the difference between an accountant and a CFO, I think people feel like, but I have a great accountant. Your accountant will help you structure. Your accountant will help you pay the right amount of tax. Um, a really great accountant will have this set up for you. Um, and look, I, I'm a I'm a recovering accountant, as as many of you know. I started my career at Ernst and Young, um, but most accountants don't do this because they don't have the time, or it's not what their focus is. And their focus is compliance. Their focus is tax structures, um, and they just don't. Um, they yeah, they just don't have the time to invest. And also, you, you you're probably not investing enough with them for it to be financially viable for them to do this. But more importantly is most of them don't want to do it. That's my experience. Well, it's not, it's not their thing. Accountants are not doing that. That's kind of not the, the role of an accountant. This is the role of a CFO. And that, you know, we did that show before around the difference between a project manager and an operations director and the different boundaries around roles. This is kind of the same conversation actually between the role of an, of an accountant versus the role of a CFO. They can be the same person, but only when those roles are defined and they are very different functions within the business. I'll send a chart that we can put in the show notes, Barb, which actually I've defined what a bookkeeper, an accountant and a CFO, what their job descriptions are, like just key items. That'd be great. And, and it's exactly what you said. It's just wrong expectation. Um, and so the thing here is that you don't need a full-time CFO to do this. And if the structures and systems are set up properly, then you know, we meet with all of our clients monthly for 90 minutes to two hours. Um, we often meet half of that time with, um, it's either just with the business owner uh, or we do, we split it, which is half with the business owner and half with their team, because it's important that they understand the scoreboard as well. Um, and when we say the team, it's key people. And, um, what we do is we interpret the numbers into a language that the business owner can understand and act from. And I think most business owners don't actually understand the numbers. Like if I had to think of a few key phrases that a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs came out with, one of them would be, I'm not a numbers person. I'm a insert what I do. I'm a great salesperson or I'm a great marketer or I'm a great whatever, but I'm not a numbers person. Yeah, loads of people think they're not numbers people. And, and if you want to succeed short and long-term in business, you need to understand the numbers, but also have someone interpret them so, so that you can then make decisions. It's a bit like if I went to Germany now to do a business deal, I don't speak German. So I would have a translator there that could translate the German conversation into English so that I could then converse and make decisions and negotiate accordingly. And that's what a CFO does, a really good CFO. Well, what's great about that is then you don't need to be a numbers person because you've brought someone into your team that will interpret those numbers for you so that, cause you're a business person at the end of the day, you still need to know, but it doesn't mean you have to be in spreadsheets all day long buried by yourself. That's kind of more a numbers person to be doing that, yeah. Well, Matt, listen, um, 90daycashflow.com. Guys, go there, download the tool, and that can you know, give you more um, insight into your numbers. And we'll, I know you can you know, get in touch with Matt through that site as well. Um, Matt, any finishing thoughts or have we, have we covered it all from any finishing thoughts? I'd probably just say this. Like, 
reach out and get help with this if it's not your thing, but don't neglect it. And it's so important. You need to know your cash burn rate. You need to have a cash flow forecast if you're going to really survive through this. It is like the, I guess, like the, the vital signs in your business. And if, you know, if I was in intensive care, they'd have a heart rate monitor on me. They'd be testing my breathing. Your cash flow is like that. So don't neglect it and hope that you're going to get through. Um, reach out, get the help you need. Our team can help us. On that site, you can get the tool. You can get a 45-minute session with one of our team to help you put it together. Um, but get the help because that's how you will survive through this through this time. That's great. Thanks so much, Matt, for for diving into that with us because I know it's a really important topic all of the time, but in particularly right now when we're in the middle of a crisis and, and people are probably feeling like rabbit in the headlights with this. So guys, if you found this show useful, as usual, um, you know, share it around. This is something right now that, that a lot of business owners need to dive into. So please share the show around. Give us a rating and a thumbs up on iTunes. And as always, there's the Virtual Success Show Facebook group where you can, you know, let us know any shows you'd like us to talk about. Um, sometimes we are streaming live in there. Today we haven't because internet has let us down, but that's okay. So until next time. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Virtual Success Show. If you found this show helpful, take a moment to share it with a friend so that we can all grow together.